Uh, and then some, somebody would just say, well, you guys know what the Sixth and Ninth Commandments are. Yeah. Six is adultery. Adultery. Yes. I was but like, don't. And then nine. Oh, yes. Yeah. The commandment is adultery. <laughs> Do it. That actually, there actually was a version of the Bible that was printed and released uh, known in, historically as the Wicked Bible. Because they had it had a misprint on the commandment on adultery and says thou shalt commit adultery. That's crazy. Is that hilarious? I That's like that. some weird subconscious thing that somebody's like translating and no, Hey, and then what is Wait, was that in print? Was is, that like monks doing no, it or no, is that no, a that printing, was the printing press? Oh, yeah. oh okay. okay. See, okay. I, I thought like some one I kept one of those in my bedpost for Lisa. <laughs> I was like <laughs> According to this Bible. <laughs> just letting you know. This is my loophole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, Fold? Welcome to 2022. Sorry we didn't do like a Christmas episode or a New Year's episode. We had all these good intentions planned and then life just happened and things fell through and we weren't able to do uh, those episodes for you. But hopefully we'll, we'll tie in something with New Year's and maybe pretend, do some timey-wimey stuff and pretend like we're celebrating New Year's. Or something. I don't know. But uh, this episode is unique because it is actually, we were um, uh, recording a class for um, for high school students on the sixth and the ninth commandment, and the conversation was so good that we decided to release it as a podcast. Now, keep in mind here before people people start freaking out or, or yelling at me or sending me emails or something like that. Uh, the the version that went to uh, the classes is only thirty minutes long, and it's uh, everything that cut cut out was all the stuff that you would think would get cut out of a high school class. So, um, all those things that. Uh, uh, that are for you know adult lear, adult ear listeners only was um, was all cut out for the sake of our teens and only the the theology and the necessary pieces that were put in there um, were were left for our teens. All right, so I hope you guys enjoy this one, and we look forward to our twenty twenty two content. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Um, was it wife <coughs> covet wife? Right? Don't, covet wife. don't covet your neighbor's wife. Not, not you know just why? Because wives are. Because people are more important than objects. That's, that's how you know correct. that's why that's wives nine before. over ten. Yeah. Wives before yeah. stuff. Stuff. Wait, that doesn't run. Wives I know before at all. Alive. It doesn't. No. no. Women before. No. It's not sinning. working. No. <laughs> gotta be something. I'd say wives What's before pro- lives, but then that's the same well, no, thing. No, yeah, that's no. We gotta think of something lives that's an inanimate object and something that requires at life least people. before. Well, Partners before. Chicks before sticks and stones <laughs> break my bones. It's the same thing. It's not working. All right. Anyway, so that's the that, that's that question. Um, so, and then you just list off the things that are list that are um, covered under the sixth and ninth commandments. Okay. Sorry, I don't like hot stuff that's too hot. Never mind. And then the next question <laughs> is, what is love? And we're going to give a definition. There's a song about that. What is love? There's a song about what that. What is love? I put in the green. Oh, there's words. another. <laughs> Actually, okay, there's two songs about that. Oh, no, that's There that is, is the Love. Song. There is love? Yeah. It's uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, or it's just Peter. Oh, whenever two or more of you are gathered in his name, there is love. 
keep talking. I'm like, okay. So we got to cover what is love. Um, I put in the four Greek words for love. I don't know if we want to go over that or if that's interesting to anybody, but I put them in there. You should. Philia. Yeah. Philia uppy. Philia. Philia uppy, I'm sure it's not. Especially because it's brotherly love. And then, uh, then, yeah, exactly. Eros. How is uh, agape related to love and storge? Uh, Wait, what? Storge? Oh. Storge. Yeah, that's not real. That's, that's a Swedish one. That's a Swedish one. What's Stor- Storge? Storge is uh, Storge. The, the love of the unlovable. Um, it's just personal preference. I like pizza. I like tacos. Oh, that's, I was going to say, I thought love of the unlovable, something like Christ. I thought that was. I, like these guys. I thought that was Nobody Filio loves up. them but their mother. <laughs> but I will love. brotherly love. That's the, that's the highest form Oh, that's of love like a David and Jonathan. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. And then Agape. Thank you, Father Mike. That's Bible in yeah. a year right there. The sacrificial love. <laughs> Laying down your life for the other, all right? For Phileo, oh, but agape requires all four, all all three of the other loves in order. So, what is eros? Eros, you that's should go over. That's making out love. It's desire. Oh, okay, got oh, it. Which is good. Oh, that would make sense cult, because it's from eros, it who's also Cupid. Yeah, yeah, that makes right. sense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That Speaking of which, sense. I read a really good book that you might like in audiobook of. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say, did you just not talk to yeah, our you can read to me? Called um, "Till We Have Faces." It's a retelling oh, of yeah, the Cupid myth with um, with, with Aries and Aries and um, Venus. Yeah, exactly. Or, well, yeah, and then, then the whole mission Aphrodite. for for yeah, and the whole mission and doing the things. But it's told from the perspective of the sisters, and it's really interesting. It's kind of like a book of Job and suffering. It's it's great. I like it. Um, oh, it is Peter Paul and Mary here. It's also called the wedding. Uh, song. And then the, we'll play after later. what is love? Okay. The next question is. Um, uh, what, how is sex related to love? Uh, because people equate love with sex, and I think we made it, need to make a distinction there to help women equate, equate love with sex. That's men true. Equate sex with sex. <laughs> That's true. That's why men um, never but, use sex to get what they want because sex is what they want. <laughs> All that's being cut. <laughs> And at least that only has so right. much time. Yeah. Okay, right. sorry. And then, um, so th- there's those. This is gold, there. though. Put this in the pocket. <laughs> We're going to re-edit it and put it in Among Wolves. So this might be an wow. Among Wolves special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so. All right, and then what is chastity is the following question. And then um, the questions that the teens will discuss is what new questions or thoughts do you have about the Sixth and Ninth Commandments? Um, and then number six is how can I grow the virtue of chastity in my life? And all three of us need to need to share something there. Oh. I'm going to give you guys all copies of this. All right, can we do this? Yes, let's okay. do this. So um, what are some ways that you've experienced love? Shouldn't we have an introduction? Like, no, there's no introduction. The introduction there's, a, there's a whole musical introduction that shows our faces and says who we are. Hey, 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 that's not this yeah. one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use that. <laughs> all right, so... Um, yeah, that, there's a musical introduction and stuff like that. So That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm fancy with this one. See, sure. if we had a video platform, I'd be fancy. Oh, my gosh. Just we could go live on Twitch. Uh, what are some ways that you've experienced love? Who's going first? Oh, I grew up in a foreign country, as you know. So boxes, there was this thing called Balik Bayan boxes. It was like literally just a package of boxes full of stuff. Um, <clears throat> stuff. So I learned growing up that I am loved when my parents send me stuff. So I like gifts and presents. Therefore, putting an extraordinary amount of pressure on my husband when yep. it's Christmas time. Yep. 
work. <laughs> like the opposite of my wife. Right. It's like, oh, she needs to, I know that she loves gifts, Thanks. so it's got to be good. <laughs> I got to have not only good ones, but lots but of them. I actually like spoon feed it to him, Christmas so it's not like. Since 2001, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is getting quite difficult. <laughs> 20 years later. He can only top his previous gift. Just, But, you know, we help each other. I tell him what I want. Yeah. Um, one I'd like to use is one I never thought of would be um, the way I've experienced love is through my children, Aww. which you don't really notice it until they just come up to you and, like, Robert will come up and go, Daddy, I love you. Oh, that's so sweet. And you're like, oh, that's so sweet. Or there are the times where you come home, well... It's, it's one or the other. It's either I come home, they're watching TV. Right. It's like, hey, Robert. Hey, Henry. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? Gemma is the best. Like, your goddaughter is bomb. Like, she's only four, but all of the boys will just ignore me. Like, I've had, like, ten hours of work. She's religiously the only one who will hear the garage door, and she'll be like, mommy, Aww. and just run and hug me. But she hugs me like she's about to tackle me, but I'll take it. But, like, exactly. yeah, that's the best. You're that's right. The, the coming yeah. home hugs are the best. Those are the best, because there are times, and usually that's when the TV's off, like Robert will run <laughs> and say, you know, daddy, and hug me. And what was great is when Henry would start just, like, kind of mm. shuffling around, because his, <laughs> his walk is still kind of like this, and... He comes at me, you know, because he's the two-year-old. So, and he'll he'll he doesn't you know talk as much, but he'll he'll come by and and give you hugs, and you could just see how he's excited that you're there, and that's like when you see real love. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's for me too. Is is the kids because my primary love language is touch, which is why I don't like being touched by people. Because, I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> because like that's that low uh, touch means a lot to me, and so. Um, so, but w- with my kids, it's that kind of thing. Like, it, it, just like coming here, Isaac had this look on his face that was just so sad. He, his face was down like he this. Was down it was, he was terrible. Just, like, Papa's He's leaving. like, why are you guys leaving? Yeah. And it was so sad. And then I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. And, yeah. then I, and then I hugged him. And and then he cried. And then he cried. But yeah, it's that, it's that, um, it's an unmistakable experience of like, this and especially because Isaac, I mean, he he has autism, and so he doesn't like express himself in any other kinds of ways here. Right. And that that's unadulterated love, right there. That mm-hmm. that is an experience that's that I only have from like my family and my kids and stuff like that. So that's good. Great, good job, guys. We got through question number one. Woohoo! All right, All right. question number two. Uh, what are the sixth and ninth commandments, David? No, who's going to tell me? All right, come on, guys. Who's got this? Sixth commandment is thou shall not commit adultery. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what about the ninth commandment? Okay, the ninth commandment is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. That's or spouse. Or husband. Sorry. Boyfriends and girlfriends and (laughs) other people in somewhat committed relationships. All right, so whenever we're talking about the sixth and the ninth commandments, primarily what we're talking about um, is this idea of lust. And it, it's, it's, it's funny because it's one of those commandments that uh, on the surface level people kind of um, – it's one of those that they think they're okay with, right? Because you go through the, the first four commandments and you're like, oh, I break those all the times, you know, loving God. Uh, yeah, the, two, the, the top ones. Right, the top ones, right? And then, <laughs> the, big, the big deal. And yeah, the get, bigger ones. So it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's God who? And then you get to the fifth commandment and it says, thou shalt not murder. And we're like, ah, oh, I'm good, right? And then Jesus says something like, you who have hated your brother or had said idiots to, to somebody, then you're, you're liable for murder. And you're like, well, crap. And now I broke that one too. And then so you get to the sixth commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm good. I'm not and, even married. But, 
nothing when Jesus says, if you've looked at another person with lust in your hearts and you've already committed adultery with them in your hearts, you're like, well, crap. And you're like, you, you know, it's just one of those that you, you feel good about until you suddenly start to actually think about it. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, then you're like, okay, I, I fail miserably here because ultimately what we're talking about in the Sixth and Ninth Commandment is this idea of lust. Um, and anybody want to talk about what lust is? What's lust got to do with it? <laughs> I was like, wait, I did not follow. No, yeah, never. No, it's a, it's it's a, that's why I had to look at it. They, they have to I work. had to pull my Jim Halper. And... <laughs> um, golly, what would the, are we looking for textbook? Or? I gave a textbook definition of lust on the paper. Did oh. anybody read it? No, read it, <laughs> we could read it. Well, I, I get, somebody else give the textbook definition. So David doesn't always give the textbook definitions, although David, it's the textbook. That's what I was going to say. Okay. It says lust is a sexual pleasure sought for itself, separated from the unitive and procreative ends. That's it. So it's the it's whenever you're seeking sexual pleasure pleasure in and of itself, separated from the action of of sex in a committed loving relationship with your spouse. Mm -hmm. That is lust. So everything that falls in that category is lust. So that's uh, fornication, that's masturbation, that's uh, pornography, that's contraception, that's adultery. Everything that falls into the category of seeking sexual pleasure is an end in it of itself, separated from a loving union that's procreative, is considered lust. Make sense? Yeah. I know. That kind of is objectifying. Yeah. yeah, that count as thinking in your head, right? Right, and looking. <laughs> so, but here, here's where we want to really make the distinctions because this is where people, um, uh, personal culpability does play a part in all of this stuff. Obviously, like understanding what all the stuff is because um, uh, they're like, I can't. You know, a lot of times you'll you'll hear people say that I can't help but look at you know a girl or, or whatever. Um, yes. <laughs> and part of that is evolutionary, right? Because you know, well, we need to procreate, correct? Mm-hmm. Right, and so um, there's part of you that's geared to this, so th- especially teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> All them hormones, uh, it's the hormones so- <laughs> in the eyes, you know. No, it's true. I mean, now as a man of my forties, it's oh, like, yeah. boy, it sure takes a lot of effort to <laughs> <laughs> think about sex anymore. <laughs> Can we go back to bed? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Or when you're a teenager, you climb a mountain, walk through a, a river of glass just to touch the boob. That's going to get cut. Just for a boob. That's great. That's great. All right. No, but um, because our desires are something that come from, uh, that come from without, right? So uh, St. Um, John Paul II wrote this wonderful book. It's called Love and Responsibility. And if you guys know anything about St. John Paul II, he's a brilliant philosopher. So he makes these distinctions about emotions that uh, come from without and emotions that are drawn up from within, right? And so our, our desire, our eros, which we'll talk about in a little bit, our, our desires come from without. There's something that happened to us, right? <laughs> and we are not personally culpable for things that happen to us, but we are culpable for what how we respond to those things. Does that make sense? Yep. For example, like if um, – if Neil reaches across the table and slaps me in the face, right, uh, although the anger rises up in me, right, I'm not culpable for that anger. But if I choose to, to slap, slap me back, slap, slap you back, back 37 yeah. times, then I'm It could culp- just be once. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be culpable for my response to that, um, to that anger. Does that make sense? So you're saying if someone comes and kisses you? Yes. You're not? You're not personally culpable unless you kiss them back. 
but I gotta kiss them back. You don't get. <laughs> it's only fair. Right. <laughs> it's only fair to them. All right, the catechism put it this way, and I like this quote, so I put it in here. Um, but to form an equitable judgment about uh, the subject's moral responsibility and to guide pastoral action, one must take into account the effective uh, immaturity, force of a- acquired habits, uh, conditions of anxiety, or other psychological or social factors that lessen and even reduce to a minimum moral culpability, right? This is basically saying – we had this conversation on our show. This is basically saying that um, <clears throat> there are – Exterior factors in the in the social world uh, going on internally, emotionally, um, that can lessen the culpability of a person who is committing these actions. That doesn't mean they're not sins; they're obviously sins, right? Right. Um, but their the the guilt incurred could be lessened. Like we talked about in the previous episode, was um, the uh, the concept of abortion and how it's immoral in every scenario. But the woman that that um, uh, goes and has an abortion might not um, her culpability could be extraordinarily lessened because of the circumstances around her because every woman that goes to to have an abortion what's the big thing that they always say is I feel like I had no choice right, right. That, that's the only choice that, that you know they feel trapped and so obviously the culpability and the guilt is lessened because of those scenarios same thing here so sexual sin is this why we're doing this rather than a catechist doing this because sexual sin is one of those things that's um, most people really struggle with, especially teenagers and, and young adults. This is one of those big things that's that's an issue. Uh, and so, like, when we talk about sexual sin, it's it's automatically, like, I feel like a bad person. Now, it's not that you're a bad person. It's that you've done a bad thing and you're in a particular stage of life where it's really, really difficult to not <clears throat> do those bad things. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so we have to talk about personal culpability and help people understand that, no, this is this – is, um, uh, opportunity for growth and virtue, and not a just a condemnation of people who've done bad things. You know, because mm-hmm. that's not what we do. Does that make sense? Right. Cool. Anything else you guys want to add to any of that stuff? No. So my question is, doesn't it sound kind of like an excuse? Yeah, that's you know, the, that's the danger. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because then you're like, well, I didn't know. Right. That's one one things or or it's say the, that drives me crazy is like oh. I, I didn't know right you know? Yeah. i'm like yeah well i think you did you yeah. know but yeah you knew yeah. oh yeah and that's a lot that, of people call back to another one of these uh, episodes that we did too where we talked about capacity the person's capacity to know right and wrong you are personally culpable for your capacity of knowledge so if you have the capacity to understand right and wrong and you just chose not to pursue that knowledge then you're culpable for what you did not pursue. You, for example, uh, because we are moral agents, we have uh, to to our abilities, we have uh, a moral obligation to uh, grow as much as we can in those capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a good analogy here is like if you have a driver's license, it's your moral obligation to know what the speed limit is out on the road, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just drive down um, St. Rose Parkway at 75 miles an hour get pulled over by a cop and say, oh, I'm sorry, officer, I didn't know what the speed limit was. He's still going to ticket you because as a licensed driver, you have, A, you've been tested for the capacity, and you have the the moral responsibility to know the rules of the road. Mm -hmm. Same thing as a moral agent. We've been given particular moral capacities. The the primary um, natural law is uh, avoid evil and do good, right? Right. And so that is our our responsibility, and each person has different capacities just depending on how how they were created Mm -hmm. um 
but we have a responsibility to that capacity. So just saying that, oh, I didn't know, doesn't work. Right, right. Especially if it's willful ignorance, which we try to do quite often. Especially, especially. if it's something like that's normalized, like right in their oh, house yeah. or whatever. Like that's it's, where I was going to point out. Like you know, <clears throat> if they're if they've been to exposed to pornography or you know what I mean, where right. it's kind or, of like a casual thing, therefore it's not a sin, right? Because right. everyone else is doing it. I go over to my friend's house or I see it at X Y Z's house or, or whatever. Or even, even just the fact of like we're talking about advertising and things right. like that, mm-hmm. especially living in Vegas. Like, well, Vegas, oh yeah, yeah. Vegas. Growing up, remember those people with the this oh, yeah. thing that this this. Thing? I don't know if that's still a thing anymore. So really? I don't, think I don't so, know. We don't go to the strip sure. very often. That's true. I know, but I remember growing up, like I remember my dad like grabbing me, like don't go towards those people, and I'm right. and, and I was always so curious of like what is that? I remember they used yeah. to hand you a whole like books, and it'd be like nice. Nah. <laughs> And me and my cousin would be like, this is great. My uncle was like, you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that is that is a problem. That's a, that's a problem that, well, part of what we do as, as Catholics is we try to inform uh, right. others and we try to raise our kids. and To know, right. Primary job of a parent mm-hmm. is to raise your kid and, and educate your kid in, in this kind of stuff and let them know that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's not okay, uh, Saints, um, again, St. Saint John Paul II had the best line about pornography and why it's not okay. Um, and he says that pornography is not evil because it shows too much, but because it shows too little. Right, it objectifies the the human sexual act and the human act of love into just something that you can get pleasure out of. Mm-hmm. Right, and it doesn't none of the correct. the groundwork there. And right, the, and it's saying that love hard is is um, love is more valuable than this. Right, it, this is a, a profaning something that is sacred. And that's mm-hmm. why that's why it's ultimately intrinsically evil because you're objectifying and profaning something that is that is sacred and using it for. Lustful ends mm-hmm. rather than the beautiful love and procreative ends that it's that it's designed for. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to jump into what is love? Sure. All right, who wants to do what is love? Who wants to talk about what is love? Does anybody want to talk about? Like, if you were to give a definition of what is love, it's willing the good say, of others of as other. others. Uh-huh. You can also look at the UCAT two forty for all human love is an image of divine love. I think this really boils down to, I never really understood that. Like my whole, you know, we've been in ministry for a long time and the definition of love has always been like really ingrained in us that love is willing the good of the other. Even when we talk about marriage and, you know, we've seen a lot of our friends get married and witnessed a lot of weddings. Like that's always been the definition. But to me, like that reality wasn't fully loved until I became a mom. Like you literally sacrificed every inch of your body, all of your raging hormones to sleepless nights. But then one look at that baby and you're like, God helped me procreate like this tiny thing that looks exactly like me. Like that is willing to go to the other. That's getting up for those two hour feeds. Like the definition of love makes sense. And then to bring it back to the creator, like Jesus's sacrifice like that small glimpse of love that I have for Joel is probably nothing that he would have for us, you know, like knowing like that's what it must have felt like, like on the cross. Like that's for me, like a bigger picture of willing the good or the other. But right. to me, like motherhood, like even just falling in love with Joel. I mean, 
I love all of our kids, but he was my first like love, love, you know, like to see love outside of your body. Like that's a literal physical thing for me Um, and to grasp it, you know, and I always knew like your love language was touch. I didn't get that until I saw Joel. You know what I mean? You're like, this is my heart outside of my chest, you know, so that's that's willing to go to the other. That's always been my definition, regardless whether you printed it or not. <laughs> right, but, but no, but that's that, I think it's really important to understand too because our our culture doesn't tell us that that's what love is, and they don't say that sacrifice is okay. Sacrifice right. is never okay now. No, YOLO, especially when it yeah. comes to love, right? Right. Is, or, it, the or, languages don't settle, right? right. No, and that's like a, that's why so many people are, are like refusing. And love is abused. The word itself is abused. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, I love that person. I love this thing. Oh, you yeah. know, like and why? Because right. he's so nice. Because he's so funny. Right. Because he does this for me or that for me or all these other things. It's never because I want to lay down my life and serve them for the rest of it. You know, that's that's love. Mm-hmm. That's the, oh, that's willing the good of the other as other. You know, you had something you were going to add. Oh, just back on to the sacrifice because I think we're just all taught like. You know, whatever makes you happy, right? Kind exactly, of thing. and that's whatever, also the, or the whatever line makes that, you feel good, right? He, I love him because he makes me, yeah, feel good, feel good. You know? Or yeah. even the line that most parents do: "Oh, whatever my kids makes makes my kids happy." Right. Well, yeah, oh, but goodness. you know what makes kids happy is like heroin and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> but I mean, oh, but even look at it too. I mean, you can just look at certain people nowadays. It's like the, you know, you know. Like, if your kids would be unemployed, playing video games all day, that's enjoying them themselves, happy. Yeah. they're right. happy, yeah. That's, that's a but brave But they're new not world, getting right? anywhere there. That's that book, the Huxley book, A Brave New World, this idea of um, the, the, the best society is a society where the most amount of people can be the most happiest. And so what they started doing is they started cloning people by the hundreds that um, were – were created um, and genetically engineered to be happy as slaves. Right. right? And, and to get all the stuff done. Correct. Right. But and they then, enjoyed it. Right. And then you have the upper class people who um, who were able to do basically anything that they want. And any time that they got bored, they were given these uh, psychedelic drugs to make them happy. You know, mm-hmm. the idea is this is what it looks like if you try to make happiness the final end of all the things. And that's not – and the whole book shows the guy – the guy who's, who broke the chain of it all realized that this is not where happiness is, and he kills himself at the end right. of the book. Um, Spoilers. But I think there's like Spoilers, a cultural sorry. change that needs to happen, and obviously we can't conquer it here, the three of us yeah, sitting here. But I'm saying like the, the definition of love has been so high up on a pedestal, and it's like the superficial version. Right. You know what I mean? Love needs to look like people helping out on the street. Like the definition of love needs to change. It's yeah. not Cupid on arrows and flying hearts and pink and, and Disney, and, and, and Disney, right? It's not boy meets girl type deal. It's like that raw, Go really ugly, like all. choosing this other person. You know, yeah. the one thing I think it was either Father Mike Schmitz this week or I heard it this week where they're like falling in love. Um, is easy staying in love is difficult Mm. you know what i mean so it's that choosing that daily commitment you know what i mean so i think love needs to change the overall definition needs to change to what the current reality is right because if everybody sacrificed just a little you know even sacrificing you know i i I won't look at this you know what i mean like thinking and and even that inward self of i love myself more than watching pornography or you know um I value myself more than this. I'm going to build my good yeah. more than my happiness. Right. right. 
Because right. pornography might make me happy right now, but right. that's not actually what's willing, what's best for me. Correct. Right? That's going to train uh, my mind and my body to say that this is what love is. It's getting the um, uh, the perfect desires met. That's not what love is. Mm-hmm. Getting your desires met is not what love is. No. Um, the Greeks had a, uh, had a, a really good um, – they had uh, lots of different words for love, but they had four primary words for love. Um, and the first one is, is storge. This is the um, – there's actually a book on this by C.S. Lewis, if anybody's interested, called The Four Loves. But um, the, the the storge is basically the love of the unlovable. It's personal preference. That like um, A good example of, of storge is pineapple on pizza. Because some people really, really love pineapple on pizza, whereas like other people says that that's the most disgusting thing I can imagine, right? It's the unlovable for other people, right? Storge is that, or um, or you think of the uh, a mom who has a murderous son, right? So the son murders and, and does all these things. Storge. Uh, will love that son regardless of what that son has done. and But the, the fault of Storge is that the Storge doesn't ultimately will what's good for that son, will, but will just actually do anything to protect that son. So we'll lie right. to the police and hide the son in your basement while he's killing thousands of people and stuff like that. So um, And then the next level of love <coughs> but, uh, would be called desire is eros, where we get the, our word, um, our term erotic love, right? Uh, and that's just basically that desire. What most of our culture has reduced love to it's is eros. eros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's whatever it is that you desire, that's what love is. And that is not what love is. That's the beginnings of love. And again, if people are really into this, like uh, love and responsibility is the book to read to, to help understand how eros is the beginning of love and brings everything into completion in, in agape. Um, Skip to add. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the next one is going to be um, phileo, or um, uh, it's it's philia. philia. You could say it that way, but it is um, uh, the family love. It's brotherly love, um, and what what that is, uh, for the Greeks that was the highest form of love until the Christians came around, right? And this this highest form of love is the bond of family, like 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 what we have, you know, like mm-hmm. you you are family to us. Right. And, I've always known it as brotherly love or exactly. whatnot right. when they do the term. Like eros was more of like romantic love. Yes. So your wife and you have the romantic love, I guess. Right. But this would be the brotherly love, the love you have for friends and you know your you know, community or right. people. And that's that's a love um, that's a love that's there apart from desire or attraction, right? Mm-hmm. So ideally, your spouse you should have eros for and filio for mm-hmm. and storge for, right? But oh, you no, sh- no, no, Lisa's not unlovable. <laughs> no, but, but but like I can do unlovable things, and my wife should still be able to love me in that. Well, um, she should. She should, but she, she won't should. because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> uh, but then the finally, the last thing is agape, and this was introduced primarily. It became the highest form of love because of Christ. Because whenever Christ says you should love your neighbor as yourself, he says you should agape your your neighbor. People are like what 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 does that even mean? And then when he says in um, in John's gospel, when he says that no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for his friends, he gives he gives a good definition for what agape actually is. And it's saying that, you know, I, I love uh, – I'm going to will your good ultimately to the point of sacrificing my life for it. Giving birth is a great example. Like I'm, I'm laying down my life 
for this person that's growing within me, right? And I'm, I'm putting their needs ahead of mine, eating the things that's going to make them grow healthy and, and doing what, what I can to, to stay away from things that are going to damage them as they grow. You know, that's that's um, willing the good of the other and, and laying down my life. It might be a really simple sacrifice, you know, <clears throat> but it is laying down your life for the other. And that's finally what agape is. But agape requires, uh, in order for agape to be full, it requires all those things. So Jesus had a desire for us. You know, he, he wanted us to be with him, right? That's that great line on when he, Jesus on the cross, I thirst. I mean, he's, who's he thirsting for? He's thirsting for us, right? He wants us, you know, as a deer longs for the flowing streams, God longs for us, right? And then um, he has Storge, obviously, because sometimes we can be very unlovable, mm-hmm. right? But he also has that brotherly love. I no longer call you friends, but I call I no longer call you servants, but I call you my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you are my brothers and sisters, right? That who are my my mother and my brothers and sisters, but these who are following me, right? And then finally, he has that agape. He's like, I'm going to lay down everything that I am that you might live. I'm going to give up my life so that you can have life. And that's, that's ultimately what the fullness of love is, and, and it's all shown in the person of Christ. That was a lot of theology that I didn't think we were going to do on this. Yeah, you're going to do that. I've usually done the dumber down version of this. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like romance, brother, and God. Because isn't that the thing, too, with the uh, agape is the love of God or the love of us to God, too? Right, but that's an oversimplification because mm-hmm. God has... Storge, eros, and uh, philia within, within that him, love, yeah. right? Agape is just the uh, is the culmination <clears throat> of all those, mm-hmm. and giving up giving up all of uh, yourself to that to that that you love, right? right? And that's why our response to God is all of these, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the um, it's it's loving God. It's it's uh, following God even whenever you uh, other people think that following God is dumb, even when other people make God sound unlovable, you mm-hmm. know. And then it's uh, desiring to be near God, right? It's um, talking to God as a, as a brother, as as a family member, and liking Him even whenever it's difficult, you know. And, and staying in prayer, even whenever the desire to pray is not there. Right. And then it's agape. It's laying down your life. It's coming to mass whenever mm-hmm. mass can be boring. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's our response. You know. And so anyway, we could have a whole show <laughs> just on this, but. Um, all right, should we move to the next one? How is sex now? Now that we have a good definition of love, mm-hmm. how is sex related to love? Because we want to make a distinction here. Not all um, areas of love are involved in sex, right? Right. So that's that's the that's where I think our culture has screwed it up, especially right. with stuff like um, love is love. You know, you hear these things that people say, and that's not. Um, that's not actually what anybody believes because nobody would say like um, that I should cheat, cheat on my wife because I fell in love with another woman. Nobody's going to say that. But if I said love is love, or or if I said, um, or let's say that's uh, that uh, someone falls in love with their with their brother, right? And they say, well, love is love. No, that's no it's nobody's going to say that. Right? Yeah. Or or you think of um, a grown man um, uh, and a child. Right. You know, it, nobody says that love is love there. You no, know, that because we know that sex and love are related. Mm-hmm. But where we got confused in our culture is how sex and love are related, and I think that's important for us to talk about. Um, and so, anybody want to jump in on any of that? Because I've talked a lot for a very long time. <laughs> um, I don't know. So I always kind of viewed sex in obviously like a marital marriage concept. 
um, as, as the product, like a, you're bearing fruit, essentially, like what I talked about with Joel earlier was just, you know, loving outside of your body. Like just, it's supposed to just bleed to life. I don't know. That's where it is. <laughs> I was like, that's where okay, I go. So, so sex and love <laughs> are supposed to lead to life. That's Correct. Okay. Bearing fruit. Yeah. Okay, what else are supposed to? Right. But that's not always the case, but right, obviously, because men have boxes in their heads that compartmentalize things. <laughs> so you can have your love box and you can have your lust box, and a lot of sex is in that lust box, right? But we also know that that's not the fullness of sex. That's not, not the, saying the that. I'm just saying, <laughs> but is, no, that's what we. If do we're on sex right now, that's mm-hmm. the thing. A lot of times you look at it as something that's true. You know, let's say a majority of the time you look at it as something that's not c- connected to love at all. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's also the fact that you're like, like when they would say like, oh, you're, you're in lust with that person. Like, yeah. oh, I've heard that before too. Yeah. It's kind of the fact that you're, you're either like in love with them to the point where it's like, but it's mostly on a physical level. Right. Like either it's the fact it's that I think eros. that person is desirable, so good looking or whatnot, like or me. yes. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, that's so good looking that it's like all I do is think of that person or like, not like to idolatry levels, but. Fantasize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe to that point yeah. or something. And if you are, let's say, in a physical relationship, that's the main point of that. Mm-hmm. And you feel like it's love because that's so good. Right. But usually those things are like what we're saying is not in marriage or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And usually if those are like short-term relationships or whatnot and everything's physical and looks and whatever and all fun stuff like going out to movies and dinner and stuff but it's not paying bills right (laughs) and it's not getting along we're not even to the children part of this exactly it is you know you're having a great time but if you're not gonna lock in you know spiritually mentally and Life. Life, yeah. Or even to the fact of sacrifice or whatnot. It's like, hey, this is great. We're having a good time, but... Well, plus sex in itself is supposed to be unifying, right? That's why it's within the context of marriage, because you're giving up yourself, and so is the other person. So, I mean, even outside of children, it was funny. One of the... Remember where I was like, how do you guys have such long marriages? Like, I always asked for advice when... When we meet couples and they just say, have a lot of sex. <laughs> like, that's literally what they say because oh. that keeps you bonded physically right. with your partner. Yeah, so, you know? so, this is good because what you guys just did is wrestling with this is you intuited uh, um, what the church has been teaching, right? And, and w- which is great because physiologically, if you look at sex as, um, as a physiological act, right, it does. Uh, Two things primarily. There's a unitive uh, part of that. That the, the um, certain hormones are released during the act of sex that are that are bonding agents. You have you have now bonded and have an affinity for this person that you've had sex with. And the second thing that happens, <laughs> you get hooked up, like you get on that hook. It's exactly. like I had sex with this person and now I can never leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that person's like, no. no. I mean, this is a bad analogy, but if you've ever seen the wedding, the wedding crashers, and then that chick um, with Vince Vaughn, she like stalks she him. Crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. She... Like, like Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, you're amazing. Oh God, I think you're amazing. Oh my God, don't ever leave me. Ever. Good, because I'd find you. 
That's that's the that's the analogy. That like, I have. like Wayne Wayne's World's ex girlfriend. Happy anniversary, Wayne. Stacy, we broke up two months ago. Well, that doesn't mean we can't still go out. Well, it does actually. That's what breaking up is. <laughs> oh, that's an older reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're already using two old references for these kids. So I use one from leaving. Yeah. All right. So there's the um, there's the the unitive uh, uh, physiological thing, and then the other thing that it does is it procreates. Those are the two things that sex does yeah. in its natural order, right? And that's the problem we have to fight. Is a lot of the lust and this and that is all in our reptile brain, right? Because the idea is if we don't find the other sex attractive. Then we won't procreate, and then the, we'll die out. Right. So the fact is, we are we are geared, we're wired to want to have sex with people. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's the idea. Is if there is an attractive lady, I will be wired to want to have sex with that person to spawn per right. se, and that's the idea. And then that's the way. And if you notice, that's you know, not to get too girl boy thing but there's so much thing where the guys are like i need to spread this seed and that's why guys will always be the ones who want to have sex with more people right because that's kind of the 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 the, the bee goes from flower to flower to flower but the flower does not go from bee to bee to bee right which is king and i but um but the other <laughs> thing too is that's why also yeah. you know women would be more that nurturing and wanting to do it even like what you're talking about with your motherhood stuff is like I see that with Lisa where she's like, well, I can't leave the kids. Well, why not? We got to go to the store. No, but I need to be here and hold them and hug them and protect them. And it's like, no, 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 it's cool. We could go out to dinner too. It's all right. No, you know, but it's like, how is it you're so easy to leave them? Because they're kids. I mean, I don't know. No, but that's because what you're geared to protect and nest and I'm geared to go. Find a woolly mammoth to kill. <laughs> to beat you. To kill. Which is why we're so yeah, into right. sports and video games yeah. because that's that's worn out. But anyway, um <laughs> Well, I mean, right? I mean, right. Right. But, right. It, but it is. That's that's the whole thing. But because those are the physiological ends, you're right. So you're like, okay, so these are the physiological ends. Uh, but we also know that we, we can let one end or the other run rampant in our lives, so we put boundaries around them. Um, let's take something that's not so controversial as sex and look at its um, physiological ends, like eating, for example. I love food. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? So eating, the physiological ends are uh, we, we get pleasure out of eating, mm-hmm. yes, or else we wouldn't do it. And we also get fuel and nourishment for our bodies, mm. right? But if we were to focus on only one of those ends, yeah. we, we disrupt. Uh, the uh, what um, eating actually does for us uh, to to our own damage, and so we put uh, we put barriers or borders around these ends and say, okay, this is what appropriate eating looks like. That's why you have nutritionalists and stuff like that. For example, like if we didn't want to get any nutritional value from our food and only wanted the joy of eating, some, that's what bulimia looks mm-hmm. like, right? So we eat and we binge and we binge and we binge, but we don't want to get any of that nutritional value because we're scared that it's going to make us fat or we have some other issues. Oh, no, I see what you're saying. Because so so, I was going to say, I don't think we focus on not getting nutritional value. No, no right. We're focused on enjoying ourselves. Correct. That's why. But putting, usually the side effect is it's all the bad stuff. Yeah. Right. That's that's why putting in the, 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 the prime, like focusing on one end is not good, right? Right. And then so the other one would be like if you just focused on um, the, the the nutritional value end and got no joy out of eating. Yeah, like it, taking the pill. Like correct. when they do those space movies, they're like, all of this is in this pill. It's yeah, exactly. like. 
No, I can't. Or this, <laughs> this, this, is this your oh, what? You're talking about the Matrix or something. Where it's yes. like, here's this slop that looks like bad oatmeal. <laughs> this is all the nutrients we need. Right. But it's terrible. <laughs> it becomes a form of Gnosticism. It's, deni- it's a denial of the, or Manichaeanism. It's a denial of the, of the flesh. For the sake of the spirit, and then it's 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 not a love of your flesh and integrating of the spirit, but that's that's another show we could do entirely on. But um, so then taking it back to sex, if we focus on one of these ends for the um, without the uh, uh, without relating both of these ends, we disrupt the nature of sex. Like right. if. Um, if we're only looking for my pleasure out of sex, then we use another person for your own pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 why rape exists because somebody is looking not to not to connect the the unitive and the procreative end of sex, but only wants to use it for their own pleasure. Oh yeah, right. Even and, not even letting that person have the pleasure exactly, of sex, mm-hmm. right? Because it does because they don't matter in that scenario. Um, and that's that's a that's a breaking of, of sex. Is why we have to have boundaries around this, or just the, the if if we only focused on the um, the unitive end, then we're never gonna we're never gonna grow as a species. Or if we're only focused on the procreative end, then we're never gonna we're never gonna have a um, a loving relationship for those for those children to actually grow up in. Right, because right. then it gets to the point where it's more like when you have a couple or something and they're trying to have get pregnant. And it's tough. Then it's very regimental. Yeah, it's like these are the days, <laughs> and we got to skip, and this and that, and we got to load up everything and hit the right time. And it's like now we got to go because temperatures are right, days are right, calendars <laughs> right, the moon's right. Do it, yeah. and then it's like okay, there goes all. <laughs> There's, no There's all the magic is gone. Everything's gone. And then, like you're saying, and that's only pure for procreation. Right. And it's like, it's not, and so, I wouldn't say enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like, no, but, but I mean, and, and then like we can get into really complicated scenarios where we talk about something like that, where it's still actually, it's not negating the unitive end. It's just a focusing in on the procreative pro, pro end, not as its sole end. Because obviously, like you like you mentioned, that there is enjoyment and there's unification that's still happening there because you're in the bond of marriage and you want to have children, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, but that's not that's not separating. Um, Sometimes you put those things on hold, right. maybe exactly. Like we'll have this later, and that's a really complicated. <laughs> that's a really complicated subject. We we won't get into on this show. Yeah, I think you're getting too deep. Yeah, we're getting too deep. There. <laughs> but so but David, if <laughs> but if we have, um, but what can what cultural barriers what uh, restraints can we put around these two ends in order to protect uh, children and protect the nature of sex? And it's God marriage. gave it to yeah. us. It's yeah. marriage, right? That's the thing. That's, that, that's from Genesis all the way to the, through the New Testament. God says, uh, "For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." For this end, the two eyes become a singular we, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, what that basically does is it protects the bonding end by, by saying that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you, right? And I'm not going to abandon. That's what marriage is. It's saying I'm giving my, my whole self to you, not just in this moment, but in the future, right? Mm-hmm. I'm giving my future to you. I'm giving all the baggage from the past to you. I'm giving everything to you. 
right? For for all times, that protects the unitive end, right? And then it protects the procreative end by saying that I'm open to having children with you. It's not just that I'm giving to you because I want sex. That's not the ultimate end here. I'm giving my life to you because I love you and I want to grow a family with you, right? That's that's what um, that's why marriage exists, right? Mm-hmm. That we might be that um, that boundary by which sex is protected and <coughs> sex is um, is used to its fullness, right? Mm-hmm. As God had given it to us, right? So for the procreation and rearing of children. Um, all right. So how does that uh, how does that relate to? Well, where do we want to take this from here? I can, I can take to, this a bunch of different different areas here. We got to aim more towards towards this youth looking way too, don't we? Yes. No. Then do we need to just talk about like self like um. Uh, or do we want to hit chastity? Like uh, basically, well, chast like basically, right. how do they practice love? How, how, so that that is chastity. The other thing, no, that we yeah. gotta, the other thing that we got to tie in here somehow. I just didn't want to go down too many rabbit holes. Right, right. right. And that's that's the thing we got to narrow down here because the other thing that we got to tackle <clears> here, either in this section or or in one of these sections, is. Um, uh, gay and lesbian relationships and and stuff like that because there's going to be a question here because the, the legalization of gay marriage right. and and that obviously not being a sacrament within the church mm-hmm. and how it's not um, procreative and all that stuff and so people are going to have that question mm-hmm. of like okay so does that mean that um, the church rejects gay people you know you see what I'm saying like there there's uh, there's there's lots of avenues that we we can take this, and I just want to know where you guys mm. want to jump down. Wherever you need to jump down, but we need to talk about them realizing like their own, like to view themselves essentially. Because I think a lot of, I think a lot of this can be curved if they just view how God sees them. But some of them don't even have a relationship with God. So how do we? I don't know how to tackle that right. wheelhouse. Well, so we have to actually, be, because we're never going to get into any um, theology <laughs> if, if we don't start assuming things, mm-hmm. you can't um, – the great, the great uh, analogy of the Beauty and the Beast story is that um, the Beast is not lovable until he's actually loved. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that comes the same thing with Christian morality. You can't love Christian morality unless you love Christ, right? So we actually have to assume a love for Christ for our teens uh, in order for us to move forward and understanding Christian morality. Or, okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or else we can't have these classes at all. We would mm-hmm. just constantly just have uh, – Go, Keep going back. Correct. The if and the, basically mm-hmm. there's no commitment, right? Like, right. So we have to assume a belief in God and a desire to walk as a disciple for our yeah. teens. But even when I taught – Last year, oh no, that's not a reality for most of our teens. But we do have to have uh, that assumption correct, or else we don't move forward. I know, but also the thing is, like even last year, they really had a lot of questions about um, same-sex attraction. And but the thing is, it's not like God Mm -hmm. said, like we already covered it in the beginning. You have eyes, you have hormones. Like we were meant to be beautiful. You know, we're made in God's (laughs) image. So. Well, I mean, that recognition is there, but it's right. their response, right? It's it's right. and it's an attraction that happens to you, correct, and not something that you create within yourself, correct. Right. Right. So therefore, your response is what matters, correct. Like I want to know how, because this isn't the podcast. It's like you could point out. I don't know. Like I'm trying to figure out where to draw the lines here with some of that, right? Stuff. Just I'll edit out whatever I need okay. to edit out. Because like I could point out 
like when we're talking about same sex attractions, when you're bringing up love is love, I know that's usually the thing used with with you know gay with relationship. the LGBTQ like movement. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, but don't you feel like it's almost or, like a cover up? You it, know, like so, yeah. It's a little bit of that, but I also feel like if we're going to do – that's what the kids are going to think of when he's pointed out love right. is love. And I know that might be your, like, shady way of putting around to it, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, like, But I, I, I won't deny, like, the same sex things because you're right. Like, that's the same thing that's correct. happening. Like, I can look at Elisa and say that she's beautiful. You know what I mean? But what do I do about that? I don't do anything about that. You well, know yeah. what I mean? Like, and if you're not lusting over her for being beautiful – but it's, it's like just, I can point out, like, you know, certain guys are good looking. Right. Now I may have lusted over Henry Cavill when he came out with his. <laughs> after Superman, Man of Steel. You're Man of Steel when he's grabbing those like, clothes that's, off that's the line. Big, I was, yeah. That's a little different, but. but. I think a lot of it is knowing themselves. Like, I remember 15 year old GV being unsure of a lot of things versus 35 year old GV. You know what I mean? Like. There's a lot that they're navigating through the hormones, and I recognize all of it. But right. I think that self awareness matters, right. you know. Like Elisa's beautiful, but I'm married to you, you know. But I can recognize that I can see beauty in women and in men, right? And to be able to say that I can, I can love that. Per- this is what this is why Filio is completely lost. Well, that's right. that's the other point I wanted to get out. to. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I got like two different. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> let's go. two different roads. Which one? Okay, let's go to the filial love. Okay. I feel like where that is, love is love is a big deal with you know same sexes and everything like that because they are they are having authentic love, Correct. authentic love, Correct. Correct. and that's the whole thing where gay marriage matters so much because to they people. Feel like their love is not being right, recognized. and right. they love each other so much in a sense, in a romantic way, or in, but more importantly, in like the sacrificial way. That these two people who happen to be the same sex love each other to sacrifice and to give of themselves and to live. Like we were pointing out the opposite of when you're in a, when I was pointing out the the fun sex relationship where everything's great. But this is like the other way of pointing it. It's like these are paying the bills and doing the dishes. And if, if it is raising children, all that stuff, it just happens that the other person is a man or a woman that when you're a man or a woman. So, but they're still sacrificing. They're still giving. They still love each other that much. Right. And I think we just get hooked up. Hooked up. We just get hooked on. No, what do I want to say? Fixated. Fixated. fixated Thank yeah. you. We just get <laughs> fixated on the romantic part or the physical part. The fact that. There cannot be any procreation right. or there – it's all just – and there's a lot of, you know, as much as there's hetero lust, there's a lot of, you know, gay lust too. Correct. I mean, that's the thing. But my other road with that, when I was pointing out there's wiring. There's wiring in our heads that makes us want to have sex with people. And when you're saying with with other people are wired differently. Right. And, you know, so they're going to physically want to right. do that with, with other people that they sh- usually wouldn't. Yeah. But right. I think it boils down to culpability, too, right? right? That's the big thing. With, now we're tying all this stuff in. That's good. Keep going. With, you know, with that, like how much of that was, you know, personal upbringing or, or what's being thrown at them or what's considered normal. Because right. I get it. Like everybody's wired 
differently. Right. But ultimately, like love has to be unitive and has to be procreative. And sex has to be unitive and has to be correct. Not not love. Correct. Correct. Right. So right. and you so, can't have that in the context out with outside of, you know, you can't have that when there's a gay relationship because and then for the sex part for the sex part because the love part see that's the thing is valid the love is love that love part for the same sex couple is there i wholly acknowledge that because they do experience it so that's where that's where the love is love actually makes sense so now you can say love is love whenever you're talking about phileo correct or agape but once you get into sex it's in and of itself then you can't say sex is love. You know, you can't say that stuff. And here, and so it needs is, to be seen as completely separate. Right. Like and what she was saying about the. Sorry, no, I keep cutting you off. No, you're good. Go ahead. Keep, keep you going. know the <laughs> the procreative and the com- unitive. The unitive. Yeah. Because that's the other thing, and I brought this up before with you. And cut what you need to. <laughs> <laughs> that. Even in the eyes of the church, that's what they have even for heterosexual married people. Because you always, this is something that we don't teach people either. Like the church isn't like anti-gay and that's why it's bad and they really hate them or something. They have these strict rules when it comes to sex and physical love that it's posed to heterosexual married people where it is that same kind of thing of the bonding uh, what's a um, procreative love? Because the church is against if me and my wife, my wife and I, would like to have sex just to have sex, but not ever have children. Yeah. Yes, or to either yes, either with contraceptive measures, or to have sex that doesn't end where everything's in the right spot that you can have children. <laughs> I got so saying. a little fooling around here and there, or doing things that are different that will not lead to children kids you know what i'm talking about so but those are the things so the church is against that stuff even though i'm married and to a woman in the church right i am not a we are not exempted from the same right the boundaries we're not allowed to do certain things or the church frowns upon it very strongly enough that you feel guilty let's take let's take a, a a a really um, benign scenario in order to draw out the principles, okay? Uh, let's say that um, GV and I were married, obviously, and let's say that uh, down the line, now GV becomes uh, sick and gets paralyzed from her waist down, right? Mm-hmm. So now uh, sex is no longer enjoyable for her. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I just totally <laughs> went right there happen. where it's like, ah, that's not that bad, dude. <laughs> What just happened? No, but it's worse if it was for you. Right, right, right. All right, so so let's. If it was you who got paralyzed, then she's not getting any. Okay, let's, go that, let's go that way then. Okay, to make so. to make it less, uh, I guess, um, creepy. Uh, where it's just like, so don't creepy. worry, Jeeve, just stay still. This is all getting cut. Right. It sure is. So, in this particular benign scenario, uh, Jeeve and I are married. And then I ended up getting paralyzed from the waist down, right? So now sex is now impossible for us um, because of how bodies work, okay? And so um, she is not free then to go and have sex with other people just because we, we can't have sex, right? Correct, because we're she, married. We're married. We've, we've committed to each other. Our relationship is not founded upon our sexual attraction. And it's not defined by sex. Correct, all right? 
you see you see where this is going now right so there's there's not a scenario in that where um it becomes uh, to to say that if i can't have sex then our relationship isn't real does that make sense right and so now this this turns around into when we're talking mm-hmm. about the um uh, the same sex attraction traction relationships right um the, now obviously they have uh, each each one of these persons will have desires um but the catholic church is going to see that just like any of our desires like mm. you have a desire for women if you cheated yes. on your wife that would be a bad thing that you did right oh. yeah <laughs> but you would not therefore be condemned and kicked out of the church right you have done a bad thing mm-hmm. that's the same thing with a person who experiences same-sex attractions if they have sex outside of the context of of a loving committed sacramental marriage then they're committing a sin just like everybody else. Correct. Mm. It's not a same-sex versus hetero thing. Right. Yeah. And the Catholic Church can 100% affirm the good things in a um, in a homosexual relationship, the the filio that is there, mm-hmm. the, the, the agape that is there. The only thing that the Church cannot and should not affirm is, is the uh, – sexual act because yeah. exactly what it does mm-hmm. it's it takes out um the unitive and procreative uh, uh ends of the sexual act and makes sex just about feeling good correct and that's not what sex is about because we like if i am paralyzed from the waist down we can still have a beautiful loving relationship although sex is not a part of that mm-hmm. and in, and in that particular scenario it shouldn't be or or um or if we flip that around and she couldn't have sex and because she was paralyzed from the waist down, then I ought not to have sex because then – you see what I'm saying? Even though I could physically still do it, mm-hmm. I ought not to because it's no longer um, a unitive for her in that particular scenario unless she was like, go ahead. So not to dumb it down like <laughs> – No, go ahead. Completely. So my question then is, is about marriage, right? <clears throat> so no, recognizing that there is phileo like – and they can't have sex – this is why they can't get married, correct? Because sacramentally in the church, yes. sacramentally you need to have some. It has to the have procreation those procreative piece. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay, so that's sacramentally how that works. Now, what the what the church can affirm, and like one thing that the catechism says very clearly that um, I, I can't. I wonder if I wrote it down here. I don't think I did. Ooh. No, I didn't. But um, I can't remember exactly the catechism. I put it in the air somewhere, but it talks about um, the, how the the reality of those who experience same sex attraction is. There's a lot, you know, of, of people who have this uh, attraction towards the a person of the same sex. It's not negligible. They're they're saying that there's this is this is a reality in which we live. This is a real human experience, and so the church says that um, any form of unjust discrimination against these people should. Uh, should not be taken so you can't like just discriminate against uh gay people and say like you're outside of the church you're going to hell all this stuff that's not no, what the church, the church teaches. never says that correct right and so and even no matter what point, people think I correct know, right that's that's the, always the problem even to the point of saying that um the government should have some forms of protecting people that are experiencing same-sex attraction. Now, we can't affirm um, a marriage in that scenario, but it, it should be in, in a such a way if you had a, um, a devoted um, uh, Catholic man living with a devoted Catholic man who, are, who experience an attraction towards each other but aren't, aren't, aren't having sex together but maybe devoted their lives together like in a filial kind of way, like in a, in a Jonathan and David kind of way of the Bible, right? Um, 
there should be no reason why uh, the medical would would uh, would not prevent them from uh, or would prevent them from like this is my power of attorney or this is the person. Who can oh, you mean it. like all That's the all the marriage perks, all the marriage perks. Without the sexual Sex. act, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's the that's well. That's why there's that big thing where you know you look at it where to civilly get married, right? I've you know you'd see that too. I've even looked at that as saying if you know because you can't get married in the church, right? Because of all the rules we were talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> but to get those marriage perks for power of attorney for. Like in a sense, like a common law marriage kind mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. or 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 property inheritance, and mm-hmm. like you're, right. you're saying that's why end a, of life rights and stuff like that. And, right. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, that's who who do I want to have pull the plug? Would be my significant husband, partner, partner, <laughs> husband, significant other. Yes, yeah. but that's the point. So that's why a civil marriage always seemed like an okay idea in my brain because of those ideas, right. And the problem, the the problem the Catholic Church had with the idea of legalizing gay marriage, and we'll cut this part out too because it's really politically t- um, it's, hot. It's charged, but um, <clears throat> is, it makes the sex okay. It, it, re, it redefines the, the the what marriage actually mm-hmm. is because marriage um, it actually comes from the word maternity or mother. It has it actually has right. a procreative uh, procreative uh, context to it, but laws are educational, right? They don't just they don't just prohibit or allow. They inform, right? And so what the, what it ultimately does is informs um, the the society that this type of relationship um, has everything that this type of relationship has, and that's not true because this type of relationship has a procreative end, mm. and that type of relationship just doesn't physiologically. Um, but that's that's what you're the, saying because it's using the same words. It gives it the same meaning. Well, plus, if you think of so opposed to a civil union, something right. like that, or, yeah. or something else that would have uh, that. Well, that's why I said you use gay marriage. Well, the, like how you use gay porn. I know. Right. But I know the <laughs> difference between porn. When you say porn, I know what I'm thinking of. If you say gay porn, but I know it's not what I was thinking of. You know what I mean? That's all getting cut to. Well, so it's okay. It's okay. That's why our show. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for real, that's, that's why always... everyone, this is our New Year's episode. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things we're looking forward to in 2020. Gay porn. <laughs> that's what David like. No, no, oh, All right. the bishop listens to this. Okay, yeah. so I don't know if that's enough that's for what you needed to. Bishop Gordon's quote. Oh my gosh, monk wolves. <laughs> my. If I, yeah. When I'm running on the treadmill, I listen to Mug Walls. You know what? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> All right. So, um, th- th- does that help? I, know, yeah. I don't know exactly how much of that will actually stay in, but I know. But it was worth. I think it's the good to. Sorry. No, that's. Okay. I, I think it's good to point out the fact that we were point, putting out because these kids, like we're saying now more than ever, are going to you know. We're, like I said before, I don't like the moms group sitting there saying, we got to hide all the gay stuff. You know, when you're putting gay LeFou in Beauty and the Beast, we can't show that oh, to our really kids because they're showing gay things. And it's like, there's gay stuff everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Some of your kids might be gay. Right. Right. It's there. We can't fight this. We got we to gotta show it. We got to show the good things about gay marriage opposed to. The, the terrible thing. So it's like we can't. Or at least just change their view about the church. Like the church will actually protect them. You know what I right. mean? Yes, because 
that's 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 my big thing is I don't want the stigma that the Catholic Church hates gay people or no. you know because that's the furthest the thing from the truth Correct. because they know the church knows the actual definition of love and lives by its standards right. you know and like being gay actually like come here come to church we, yeah you know gay, we will love you gay yeah. was like the lepers of like right. Well, for the now, longest time. Yeah. yeah. Now I guess it'd be like the trans are like the lepers now. <laughs> for the longest time. But that's the, that's the thing, and that, that's one of the beautiful things about the church, is that the church is not going to define you by things that you've done or Correct. things that you're attracted to, but or, they're going to define you as a child of God. That's um, St. Uh, Saint Paul has that great line, I think it's in Romans, where he says that you're no, no longer Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, you know, in Christ – you are his body. You know, that's that's who we are. He's not saying that those distinctions don't matter. What he's saying is that um, beyond those distinctions, and most importantly, a, a separated from those distinctions, is the reality of you as a son or daughter of God. Correct. And that you, you are loved and no height, no depth. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Yeah. Except for yourself and saying that I don't want your love, God. Right. That's so, your sin, and that's what keeps you away. Correct. In mm-hmm. the cold. Exactly. And, and so, honestly, just this year has been like I've done what work there. We had like 362 days. I'm plugging here for Father Mike Schmitz's Bible in the Year podcast. Like I've never done the whole Bible through and through. And this is my first time and not my last. Um, but we are ugly. Like like the humanity. <laughs> right. Like it was very depressing to even get through the Old Testament because I'm like. Like, every day I would struggle. Like, God, why do you love me? Like, that was always the question that I've always internally struggled with. And then going through the Bible, I'm like, holy crap, humanity is ugly. But Jesus, Mm -hmm. despite of all of our sins, like, it's never going to change my mind now that I'm... I will always feel like I'm lovable. You know what I mean? Because his history has proven itself. Like, and that's just what I would want, like, the kids to know that what they're experiencing is real. You know, if, if some of this really hits them in the heart, let it, let it hit you. And then you talk to somebody about it Mm -hmm. because the church is here and the church has stood here from the very beginning. Um, and just, that's what I've learned. Like the Jesus, he knew that he knew how gross and ugly that humanity can be. And we let him down consistently, but love will literally conquer it all, you know, And you might struggle with uh, with understanding or or um, following as a good <clears throat> disciple throughout most of most of all your life. But you know what? The church is always going to walk with you. Correct. And that's that's the, the church is not a um, the church is not a museum of saints. You know, it's it's a hospital for sinners. I know that that's a terrible cliche, but that's what the reality is. is it's that, not used enough, though. That's true because we're not we're not <clears throat> perfect by any means. You don't we're have not, to get your church of. Um, License, right? Like you don't have to take your classes and and achieve your goals and level up, and now you can go to church. Correct. Right? Church is the continuously thing. That's what I hate. Is like the outside world looks at it. It's like, hey, this guy pulled a cut in front of me, flipped me off, and then drove drove into the church. And what a jerk! Well, that person needs the church. <laughs> That's the best place for that guy to go. And and the thing is, is we need to journey with that person. Correct. And every person. That's that's the reality and the most difficult part of the Christian life. It's really easy to just say, like, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, and and I just wanna I just wanna do that. It's really difficult when Jesus says, Well, great, you know, I'm glad that you do. Yeah, I'm glad that you believe in uh, that you believe in God. Even the demons do that, right? Right. Now I want you to love your brother and sister. He was are totally unbelieving with God. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's from James, by the way. Uh, but that's uh, um, 
That's the reality there. All right, so we need to we need to jump into chastity and then jump into uh, the last piece here. All right, so chastity. Who's that? Yeah, we gotta hit that hard because we yeah. got fourteen hours of great stuff. Yeah, so. we do. Fourteen hours. <laughs> okay. What is chastity? It's consciously accepting your sexuality and integrating it well into your personality, expressing bodily activity in dependable and faithful love. That is a catechism definition. I, What's great about that? Go ahead. You have I to- was going to say, I feel like we've we've hinted around this a yes, bit. Right. We sure a have. Lot. About we this. sure yeah. have. So, like, what's, and that's what's great about our conversation. Because there's a difference between chastity and abstinence. abstinence. Correct. Correct. Abstinence means nothing. <laughs> no, Zero. so chastity. Um, and, Don't and even think about it. <laughs> and that's where people get confused, and they think that the church is just about abstinence, 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 and the church is not just about abstinence. The church primarily is about chastity because chastity is a virtue, right? Yeah. And virtues are things that we exercise on a daily basis. Correct. My wife and I are called to be chaste and not necessarily called to be – we're always called to be chaste, not necessarily always called to be abstinent, right? Mm-hmm. Now, and so um, – a single person is called always to be chaste and currently to be abstinent, right? So that's that's uh, that's the thing. And what chastity actually is, it's not a repression of sexual desire, but a recognition of sexual desire. And that's where people screw up constantly mm-hmm. and why everybody should read Love and Responsibility by St. John Paul II, right? Because he talks about um, that the human <coughs> person is created – with desire. Eros is a real thing. Eros mm. is a good thing, right? Mm. So we need to we need to recognize the desires that we have and integrate them into our personality, not run from them. We can recognize the beauty of another person. We can recognize our love for another person. But chastity also requires us to not let that that love run out of control. Right, just like every other virtue, the great a great example is um, temperance. Right, as as Catholics, you know, temperance is also a virtue. As as Catholics, a cardinal virtue. Yeah, it is a cardinal virtue. As Catholics, when we talk about temperance, a, a good example of this is alcohol. You know, we as as long as the law allows, you are free to have uh, a drink of alcohol. But you're not free to to uh, be immoderate with that alcohol, right? To uh, drink to drunkenness, right? Because that is when um, that is when sin occurs. Mm-hmm. Right now, are don't you... make the best decisions. Exactly. If you don't make the best decision <laughs> there, that doesn't you to other invalidate you as a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you go to confession. <clears throat> And you try to make reparation, even if the following week you make you might make the same sin, right? Mm-hmm. We grow in virtue. We don't automatically get virtue, right? Yeah. We we start to grow in virtue. So chastity is that virtue in which we grow and we act out our sexual desire in or, or our bodily activity in faithful and dependent and dependable love. Which what is that faithful dependable love is willing the good of the other person, mm-hmm. including yourself, mm-hmm. willing your good. Pornography does not will your good. It trains you to be selfish bastard. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to cut that last part out. I'll yeah. probably just bleep it. Selfish. <laughs> it trains you to be selfish, right? Yes. Um, and and that's, what's, uh, that's, that's what it does. You yeah, because you're doing it for you. Correct. And I know. Sex becomes only about you, which is why people get so addicted to it because you're just releasing dopamines for yourself and you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But don't. <laughs> 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 That reminds me of the title of our episode. <laughs> oh, that's why I laughed too. All right, so, um, but that's that's what chastity is. It's growing in virtue, recognizing your your um, uh, whatever desires you have, 
integrating them into your personality, not being afraid of them, not saying, um, uh, uh, the, what's the, uh, God, why did you do this to me? Although some people I know have said those, those kinds of things. Um, but not being afraid or ashamed of them, but living out the bodily activity in faithful, dependable love. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, like in our own church, we've, we've brought in, uh, through our CIA, people who have, who have said, hey, I'm, I'm gay. Like, well, you know, are you, are you chaste? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then, as long as you're trying to live out a chaste life just like everybody else, your desires do not define you. Correct. <coughs> right. All right, cool. Are we good there? We want to yeah. add anything on no, chastity? No, that's good. No. All right. Let's go to the last one. Uh, how can I grow the virtue of chastity in my life? All the, three respond with a story. This is vocational, too, then. So for me, it's um, – so we're obviously married. Um, the way that I practice – basically, it's like a daily recommitment, right? And then honestly, for me, it's like knowing my triggers. Um, my goal is to fall in love with you every day. That is – I make it easy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Okay, so with like with that, that's always the goal, right? Like, I married this fool. I'm stuck here. And remember, you're the lucky one. (laughs) I am the lucky one. I'm the lucky one. Lisa's the bad. Lisa's the one who got dealt the raw deal. (laughs) No, you and I are the same person, just trapped in different bodies. Um, So that's a show for another time. So that's the goal, right? And knowing that I I love God and and I love you and I choose our life together, it's just doing those little things. So for us, I, we, we twelve years down the road, we've got some great practicing skills involved, like chores, even chores, choosing to do the dishes. Like you know, I'm tired. I don't I don't want to do it. But it's little things like that. Right. Um, I think more intentional ways. I think is is making sure that we have a date um, planned by basically staying. In love, I think, is my biggest goal because I do love you already. But, you know, like what they said, staying in love is hard. So doing that, I think, in recognition that that you are mine and I am yours and, and doing things to kind of honor that. So little things is like dishes. Um, yeah, planning dates and spending time with you. I know. So that's the big thing. Cool. What do you got? We're dealing with chastity here. Chastity. I think the hardest part is just tamping down your lustful feelings yeah and it's harder for a guy than a girl mostly yeah see i just try to stay in love that's yeah see that's good i'm i'm (laughs) i'm totally in love but you know but it's just everything else like in the world Mm -hmm. like you're pointing out or you know advertising or whatnot right the things that you don't even ask for that just falls yeah it's just there right but i'm not saying but the problem is 90% 90% of me is like, I'm glad that sign's there. <laughs> the 10% of me is like, no, you shouldn't be looking at that. Right. But most of it is like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So um, I guess it's, yeah, on. I don't know. It's just, it is hard to tamp it down. And right. those are the things. Because like we were saying, if you, you know, just looking with lust in your heart. It's over. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I not think it's over. It's, <laughs> it's over. It's you already kicked out. No, God has already dropped you. It's confession checkbox. Yeah, it's yeah. already done. Yeah. But I meant so, like it's over. Like it's on a list now because that's the. Oh, yeah. The list is long. Mine too. It's like <laughs> the too. Santa Claus list that Mine just too. rolls out. <laughs> it's all oh. naughty. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Because that would be probably one of my biggest things is just it would be on my mind more so. Like avoiding and, temptation. Yeah. Yeah. Or what not. Yeah, for me, I think uh, going into that, it's like, I think two things. 
A, knowing yourself. Yeah, like, it's a big deal. I think I, I like what you said about knowing your triggers. I think that that's really valuable. That's a good one, yeah. Right, especially because like our 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 phones, like you can you can get access, especially for people who struggle with uh, pornography and stuff. Like it's really easy to get access to pornography. Don't tell the kids that. <laughs> well, I'm sure they know that. Yeah. Right? Oh my goodness! I'm just thinking. <laughs> sorry. Side note here: If I was 13, and I had a phone. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! You know the amount of work. <laughs> I had to put in to correct, you know, I'm just like a lot of work. <laughs> like I'm talking this no. easy access. <clears throat> this no, is like, like I've had this conversation with my wife too before. Is that this has made? Uh, I'm I'm so glad this did not exist whenever I was I was young as a teenager. Yeah, because I guarantee you I would have been addicted to pornography because this is so easy to to get pornography on something like this and so easy. Yeah, to, and it's hard enough as an adult. Like right. I say. Camping it down. Right. And so knowing yourself, knowing your triggers, I think that's really good. And then another one that um, that I think is valuable for me and for everybody listening would be um, understanding and um, being able to keep custody of the eyes. Because like what you said, especially in this city um, – that billboard sign, you know it's there, right? And you know it's you know that uh, you're attracted to that that person there, and knowing yourself, you're going to be able to see that I am using that person uh, for my own sexual desire, right? So keeping custody of the eyes is being able to recognize the beauty that's there because that's good, mm. but then also being able to say like, okay, now I'm using it for my own sexual desire, and I need to not. You know, and that's mm. that's where keeping custody of the eyes is is important. Where you can say that this is this is the line, and you got to be able to find that. It's just like um, just like temperance with uh, with alcohol. And I'm not saying like temperance with staring at another person. That's weird. <laughs> but but, I, but what I am saying, is yes, that, just do a glance. Don't just <laughs> don't just creep her. That creeps her out. <laughs> no, but what I am saying, like the girl at the Starbucks, and just like. <laughs> Sir, are you going to order something? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want something, but it's not on the menu. And then they do this. <laughs> no, that's when it becomes It's definitely not good. <laughs> no, that's, that's definitely not good. No, um, so, but it, it, in temperance with alcohol, you recognize I can have a beer with this meal and still be able to be coherent with, with other people and enjoy the, the taste of the beer and the taste of the meal and, and not be... Um, Uncapacitated in some kind of way, in the same kind of thing, you can you can be able to recognize that that's a beautiful woman that I see over there, mm-hmm. versus that's a beautiful woman that I want to lick over there, right? And so that's. <laughs> that, I was gonna say, <laughs> you know, I that, was gonna try to say something, but that just took me off. <laughs> that, that's, that is uh, practicing custody of the eyes, being able to be able to sit, to recognize beauty without objectifying beauty for my own selfish ends, mm-hmm. right? And that's. Um, that is a growth in virtue, and I think that's one thing that we can all start to practice, mm-hmm. being able to say, like, I can recognize beauty, and I can I can stop myself from objectifying it and, right. and stealing it for myself. And I think also naming it, right? But that took years for me to be, like, like the trigger. You know what I mean? It took years of praying and discerning, and it's just a lot. So at least just slow recognition. You're right, self-mastery is very important, because I think once you're like, oh, I'm flawed in this area, okay, when this happens, don't do that, you right. know, kind of thing, but that... Try to get to know like themselves, like because yeah. because I can't imagine being a teenager now because I was also wild as a teenager. But right, and I and like you're saying too, uh, the, I also feel like the idle hands are yeah, that's thing. true. They sure are. Because <clears throat> let me tell you, falling into pornography or or even just mischief, a lot of it comes from boredom. That's yeah. true. 
you know, that's where a lot of drug abuse and stuff comes from, too. I have nothing going on, so I'm going to try to get high to, to do something to take care of myself or set something on fire. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I did all those things. <laughs> to set something on fire. <laughs> Not particularly in that order or in the same year. But when you don't, I noticed that, like, there are times in high school when I've had band, football, swimming, too busy, church, right. uh, youth group, friends that are outside of all that, or you know, in addition to all that, things with my family. You're right, too busy. Right. I don't have the time to get into this mischief, right. and that's good, especially for um, seasons of really intense uh, temptation. But that's not good all the time because our bodies can't maintain that level of busyness. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but so there's I mean, a level of self mastery that needs to go with that. But you're right. So if you if you are yes, don't 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 add more things to your plate yeah. just so you don't. Yeah, but, but that is purposeful. good. Like if you are experiencing a period of high temptation, idle hands are the devil's playground. Go find something to do. Correct. You know, you know that's not that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to take us out on Among Wolves? <laughs> are we really doing <laughs> What do we say? Wolves? What do we say? Whatever you want to say. Have your and all the thingies. All right, everybody. That's our episode that we didn't know was going to be an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely putting this out. <laughs> this is, uh, thank you for listening to our bonus episode. Thank you, GV, for being part of it. It oh, All right, Fold. Um, I know there should be a real New Year's uh, wrap-up episode or... Or a New Year's, uh, what do we look forward to in the next year? Uh, hit us up on the Instagrams and Facebook, even though I know none of you do. So let us know. <laughs> you know, give us some feedback, at least anything. Uh, rate us so more people can find us. All those awesome things. If you're listening to England, uh, Happy New Year already because right. you're eight hours ahead. And Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I don't even know when this is dropping. So, um, oh, yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey.